Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. It's your boy, Dave Neal. As you can hear, my voice is shot, so I'll make this intro short and sweet. Amazing episode this week. I interviewed Griff Pippen, and Tasha Courtney joins us as co-host. Had a ton of fun. Just talked about a whole bunch of randomness. Uh, You know, if you guys remember Griff, he was on the show maybe six months ago. Just a hilarious comedian, good friend of the podcast. Uh, So definitely uh, follow his social media afterwards. Tell him you heard him here. And uh, how's everyone doing? You doing all right? Hanging in there? Hopefully you're doing better than my voice right now. Uh, but things are going so well though. This voice is just, uh, can't keep up with the lifestyle, <laughs> the lifestyle of the not rich and the not famous, but it's going great. Just doing a ton of stage time. The podcasts have been going well. Uh, Tasha and I have been communicating better than ever. I'm learning to be less defensive when we talk. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I just get defensive. I want everyone to be happy. So if she's not happy about something, if she's like, Hey babe, the, uh, you know, the cap is off the toothpaste. You know, old unenlightened Dave would be like, yeah, but I did the fucking laundry and I vacuumed the floor. What do you want from me? I'm doing the dishes. And it's like, I've learned to just be like, oh, my bad. Yeah, I totally left the cap off the toothpaste. You know, and you get rid of defensiveness. You get rid of the ego. Good things happen. You learn to communicate. You open the doors to communication. Because in the end, it's like we, we, we know who we like, you know. Why ruin it with a little ego? Anyhow, let's not ruin this episode with me talking anymore. Have a blast. After the episode, um, um, so what's been going on is uh, when we do these video episodes, Tasha goes on Instagram beforehand while I set up the equipment. So there's about 15 minutes of random chatter that Tasha has with Griff. Um, I'm going to just throw that to the end of the episode. So we'll play the episode, and then if, and then if you want to stick around afterwards, you can hear the extra conversation. It's actually um, Griff just tells a story about how he was robbed at gunpoint in Mexico City, and um, I think there's diarrhea involved. It's a whole thing. But uh, he told it last time on the podcast, but it's really just a hilarious uh um, force of, you know, when shit hits the fan and, uh, Hey, we're here to laugh about it afterwards. I actually told Tasha afterwards. I was like, look, you know, that story cost him a lot of money and aggravation, but he's going to make it back uh, by being able to tell it on stage and make people laugh. And that's what it's all about is taking our life experiences, sharing them with an audience and being relatable. And that's what we're trying to do here. So without further ado, enjoy. The Sex Actually Podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually Podcast. This is your boy Dave Neal with co-host Tasha Courtney. Hello. Returning guest Griff Pippen. Hello. We just did a little 15-minute warm-up here as I got the live stream running uh, on Tasha's Instagram. And guess what? If you want to listen to that warm-up, I'll put it at the end of this episode. Uh, We basically recapped uh, Griff's last episode where he uh, talked about getting robbed at gunpoint in Mexico. And I'm not going to make you repeat the story again. (laughs) But uh, if you want to listen to it, you were on, uh, well, what were you on, six months ago? What episode? Do we know? Know the episode number? I guess we've been more than six months. I'll I'll put it in the description of this. So if you haven't heard, because I use about two bars of soap a year, and and you gave me two, but I'm kidding. Well, guess what? (laughs) Here you go, my man. Oh oh my god, this looks. Are those soap balls? Yeah. If I were drunk enough, I swear to God. It looks like a cake ball. Tonight I'm celebrating. Or like a donut. What people don't understand. Oh, that does. That does look like a donut. I'm celebrating my birthday tonight, and I'll be really drunk. 
And I know that I would probably happy birthday. The, 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 is it? It's Tuesday, but I'm celebrating it. Is it a milestone? Yeah. Milestone birthday or just a weird? No. Uh, well, I'm celebrating. Are you L.A. where you don't say your age? I don't care. Thirty-one. You're, are you thirty-one? Okay. Yeah. No, but I am. Uh, <clears throat> I will have to tell you off the podcast about something. It's. It's. It, but I'll tell you why I'm celebrating this birthday and and why it's special. I'm gonna guess it has to do with a lady. <laughs> it only does. Last episode we had you on. You had just gotten out of a breakup, and you 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 were in that beautiful stage of post breakup. Where I'm not, I'm, I'm not to project on you because maybe this is me, but that beautiful stage where I feel like you were uh, you had uh, sifted through the rubble, and you were had lost some weight, and you were looking good, and you were ready to attack the world. Am I right? Is that where you? We it was left the you? food poisoning in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think you were probably right. That sounds about right. And has it been since then? It's been good. Um, I've dated here and there, but honestly, um, I-, I joked about this on stage the other day where I was like, you know what? Once you hit this hump and you're single too long, you're just kind of like, uh-oh, this is dangerous because I could stay this way. You know, your, your freedoms, you're like, I'm just fine with going home to, you know, um, I'm fine with just, if I just go home and watch Hulu and um, so chill jealous. and have my so freedoms, jealous. and I'm like, oh, this is one. Don't, I don't have any, act I don't like have you to can't report to anyone. You mean you can watch whatever you want to watch on I your know. own device? Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> have to be like, so what do you want to watch? I'm like, no, I'm going to watch weird shit on Netflix Tasha tonight, came home and early. no one's going to judge me. She came home early from work the other day, and I had just turned on this Patriots uh, uh, Tom Brady documentary, and she walks in the door, and I was, yes, I'm happy to see her, but I'm also like, fuck, could I buy an extra 30 minutes? Like, I just, I just sat down, I turned it on and then she's like a ball of energy like come on help me unload the lacroix or whatever <laughs> but anyway so you're so you're feeling that uh that footloose uh, independence did you not have that with the relationship <laughs> oh how 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 kind of un PG can I go on this podcast? As un PG as okay. you want. I just want to make sure your listeners are prepared for this. I would love if someone would blog about outrage. No one, no one gets outraged. On when this I podcast. this is kind of one thing when I tell people this is a thing I've done and probably will do in the future. They're like, oh, okay, didn't know that, Griff. Um, so uh, once again, you get you get single for a while. You're like, this is pretty great. I could get used. I don't know if I ever need to be with someone because. And then people are like, well, Griff, what about like sex and, you know, partnership? I was like, well, that's what prostitutes are for. And that's where people are like, wait, you do what? And I'm like, yep. Um, so uh, in college <laughs> with my economics tutor, um, we got hammered at a bar. We go back to this place, we're drinking. It's four in the morning. He's like, hey, I got some girls coming over. What do you think? I was like, whatever, yeah. And these two very lovely, friendly, mid to late 40s nice native american woman come over and he goes right off to his room with one of these girls and the other one just starts flirting with me hand on my leg with i'm not i haven't said anything starts wow. flirting fast forward did you uh, not know that well, that's what he meant or did, did you I think was it so was drunk, just like i was so drunk that i was like my brain's like now nah, we're gonna not try to think about what this is and I'm getting a blowjob with a condom. Then my brain said, you, you can't, you know what's going on. And 10 minutes later, I cried in the bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror and said, yep, your innocence is gone. Did she, recommend, is did gone. she recommend the condom? Huh? Did yeah. she recommend the condom? Yeah. Yeah, that's she, a red flag, right? It, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no it's I not know. a red flag. That's a good thing. It's called no protecting yourself. No one ever uses a condom with <laughs> blowjobs. So he, he, and I, and here's the, he got her and everything. And I didn't, I would have never have seeked out a prostitute. And that's just, it happened. And I was like, 
Well, now that I've crossed that threshold, you know, what's Griff, com- you're the victim of this story. <laughs> you were put in a place that you didn't give consent to buy the prostitute. Yeah, well, Shut up. It happened. What did it cost it you? Happen- it happened. In economic I terms. I, I, he I paid for it? He paid for it, so oh, there I don't you know. Go. Anyway. Because there's no such thing as a free lunch. That's what we learned no, in econ class. not at all. So, anyway, I was just kind of like, well, once you've had one hooker, you're like, you're not afraid to get another one. I was touring her up a few years ago. And at the very end of the tour, I was in Amsterdam. Hey, when in Rome, I was single. I had 50 euro. <laughs> this is a fun, red light, this red is light a district. Fun story. This is a fun story. Uh, I window shop and I find her. That's the one. Brazilian looking girl. Oh, that's the one. Yes, that's my girl right there. I go in there. Not, not really any talking. I, 50 euro? She just shakes her head. Okay. Take off my clothes. I'm like, oh, this is, this is a rush. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I, I suit up. Put my hat on, put it in, and a couple minutes go by, and I'm like, this is uh, a little bit weird. You fucked your way back to reality? <laughs> no, no, no. This is, oh, sure, it's shallow. Transsexual. Wow. And it sure doesn't get lubricated at all. We had to keep getting lube, and then it, like, dawns on you me. You could feel it. And I had to clarify this story with audiences, because a lot of people think, how did you not know there was a dick there? there was a... No, 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 this no, was no. not post an operation. Of course. This was post-op. It's kind of dark in there. There was no talking. I didn't know, because surgery is incredible. We all learned incredible. this from the show Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck, they, t- they teach you about that. Surgery is incredible. The guy could tell he was fucking a transsexual. Gross post-op. I was banging a dude. That's somebody's son down in Brazil. They're looking for their son, Paolo. <laughs> Have you seen Paolo? Your, fun, your son, Paolo, is having sex with a redheaded comedian in Amsterdam. <laughs> and that was very traumatizing. I can laugh. Boy, you grew up fast, huh? <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I've been single so long, I'm just kind of like, you know what? I, just, I could just go out there and do it. Since Amsterdam, I haven't done it. But I'm like... I am loving my freedom, and if I get lonely and need sex, you know, and, and, and you know, so that is some life well, experience. The whole, the right whole there. thing with um, with legalizing prostitution is right now, just like just like the drug scene, because it's illegal, you, you these people are getting away with sex trafficking. So when yeah, it's, it's in, much more dangerous in places where it's legal. The cops can come in; they can check it out. You know what I mean? Regulated. They can and regulate I feel it. like too, like it's it's the sex workers who are more likely to get like picked up in a raid and prosecuted. You know, they're the ones that end up in trouble. Whereas like the Johns don't get caught. You know, their pimps don't get caught. Like right. it's uh, yeah. And the I think pimps legal- have all this extra money to get out of it in court too. But it's just like you know, if we let's talk about the safety of sex workers, we really need to you know, the, it's a it's a dangerous, dangerous job. But if somebody wants to be in that business, they should be able to be in that business and be safe. Sex I'm surprised you. Uh, I'm surprised you took that side of the argument. Why? I don't know. Just because I, I thought you'd be against it. No, I I think you know people want to do what they want to do. It, 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 but it's it's. Being illegal makes it dangerous for sex workers, and yeah. and you Crime know rates and sex trafficking are way higher, and they're way lower in Holland. Yeah, you're not going to punch the, the the hooker in the face. I don't even is hooker offensive. And human trafficking <laughs> and, sex, and sex trafficking is happening everywhere. It's happening in the states where people aren't really talking problem. about it. But it's like I actually oh I wish I had the little postcard with all the stats on it. But um, there's this nail polish brand that I like. It's called Restore Blank. My friend just started it, and every month. The polish is like supporting a cause. You know, they give proceeds from Just their sale of the box to a month, cause. Another. And G 
January was human trafficking. And the stats on it are outrageous. I mean, people get picked up. They think they're going to a job interview. You, you'll see like posted signs for like, you know, teens, we, teen summer jobs or whatever with a phone number on it. And people call this number and they go to the what they think is a job interview and they get snatched. That just happened to like people an Italian People get snatched at like grocery model. stores. It's insane. And, and 90% of these people are never rescued. Yeah, you know, Backpages.com, do you know about that? That's where, like, most sex workers advertise, right? Yeah, and they have a lot of child sex slaves Jeez. on there, too, apparently. Like, that's a huge issue on Backpages. A lot they of guys are getting up. popped, and I'm like, it's right here under our noses. It's happening everywhere all the time, and I, I'd like to know more signs of where there's weird things going on, maybe we could stop it. I'd like to at least It happens be along more like major interstates. There's a lot of, you'll see postings on Facebook sometimes, or at least I do, because I feel like a lot of women post that stuff. So like women, a woman will say, this shady thing happened to me at Target today. Someone was following me and being really creepy. Or they'll say, um, I don't know, whatever, but they post it like, look out. Or like a lady posted, I was supposed to go to a job interview and the address was this apartment building. I didn't go in, but like everybody watch out. And like people, re- girls repost this stuff because That's we have to think boring. about you know, our safety here, all the here's time. Here's what's crazy is that with when you talk about sex, especially in our country, the Western, you know, the Western world, we're, ver- we're so repressed, we don't want to talk about it. You know, I can't monetize these podcast episodes because we talk about sex. I can't advertise. They literally pull out, pun intended, of the advertising, and, and it's just an algorithm. You type in "sex" in the tag words, or it's just doesn't. It doesn't on go YouTube. Through. On YouTube, yeah. But it, that's just insane that adults that you can literally watch a teenager twerk on YouTube and be all creepy and shit like that. But God forbid we talk about or you know our movies are filled with violence and heads yeah. chopping off and parents brains and, and, and my parents off. are so guilty of it too. My my stepdad he loved love him, but he's like just from that Catholic generation where like uh you know they'll let my 14-year-old brother watch any any horror or or um, you know, adventure, whatever kind of movie with violence. But the second like there's a chick with some side boobies, like close your eyes. And it's like you can show tits in other parts of the world. It's you're 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 making it weird when it doesn't have to be. Anyway, that's my whole thought on it. We're just trying Free to the nipple. Well, we're trying to talk about <laughs> things that it's not weird for us to talk about you having sex with a transsexual hooker in Amsterdam. It's not weird, but for pe- some people listening, they go I get comments. Whoa. Their buttholes are like. Well, oh. No, no, no. <laughs> but they love it because we're, you know, where we are, we're in their ears. They're at their cubicle. They're laughing. They're going, oh my gosh, what are we talking about? The second they take their uh, their uh, microphone out of their iPhone and it starts playing loud, they go, oh, God, <laughs> And it's like, I get that. You don't want the subway to know you're listening to, you know, us talk about banging hookers. I've got your attention. But, but the thing is, it's like, why, we, why is it some dirty little secret that we have? It's like, you know, it's, it's just interesting that, uh, that this is the last uh, frontier of things you can talk about. And, uh, you know, 260 seven episodes in we're still finding new audience members that are like oh my gosh but um uh can i i want to pivot from there <laughs> uh, i want to i wanted to talk about this real quick before we get into into uh the rest of um your dating the, life the main course well i wanted to talk about date like a comic um i know this is going to come off sounding a little self-promotional but um i wanted to recap an article i wrote and get your kind of points of view on it so basically i wrote an article for the social man i'm wearing their hat and uh, it's a men's dating company. It's an online company, membership community. And uh, the article is just about like ways that co- comedians, like what we do on stage, what kind of muscles we build with our communication that could work with dudes trying to meet girls. Because the biggest problem I see with guys is 
I always say this. If you got rejected from a girl, chances are she's rejecting your approach, not you as a person. 100% Because they true. don't, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know what we're projecting to them. You know, like, I've gone on stage and, like, tried to riff right away, and I said the wrong thing. And next thing you know, like, the other night, I, I had a riff, and I kind of related something that was happening to, to the AIDS epidemic. And, like, I hadn't established that I was on what side of the coin I was on as a comic. And the audience, like, shut down. And we were in a weed show where, like, everyone was smoking and free love. And I just said something, and they didn't like it. And I was like, oh, you're not rejecting me as a talent. As a talent. You're just rejecting the fact that maybe I shouldn't have opened with that. You know what I mean? Do you ever open with something and it's like, you you got to steer. You, you, you ever dig yourself in that hole initially? Um, I... I'm a huge believer. I take, they say in comedy, you know, your first minute or blank amount of time, you've got to get them, right? I'm even more extreme. I think your first 10 seconds. I think that's what they say about, like, a job interview or just meeting people, meeting strangers on the street, that, like, within just seconds, seconds. someone has made up their mind about you and whether or not they want to... And I even say you can utilize before you walk on the stage as you walk up. Well, you see some comics, hey, coming to stage, Joe Blow, and they'll, woo! And they start clapping so and they start doing something. It can some be crazy. annoying. It, yeah. There's a way to do it. I, I, I might shake hands like a politician. Oh. Sometimes I have fun with it, but I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not worried about that I'm an annoying, hacky comic. Um, I say those first 10 seconds or so is crucial. And crowd work is a big part of my act. I go right in. I usually pick some out in the crowd. And I'm like, you know, I'll just start going in. I'll just start popping off and and really engaging them early on. Um, What's the audience audience digesting from you? Like, break it down. What are they... Like, does that translate if you were to, say, be in a bar where you would just go up to someone and be like, hey, what's going on with this striped shirt or whatever? Like, would you? What we're doing is we're connecting in the moment. I'm engaging them. Um, It's a real conversation. It's not, hey, I've rehearsed this. Sometimes comedians can can be disconnected to their audience. I see it too many times. Rookie mistake. They just go right into material. What the fuck are you doing? I have an, if I had an HBO special, I would still do crowd work early on. Oh yeah, um, and Patrice O'Neill did it. Oh, he's what, so good. What, and it's it's probably similar to dating and talking to a girl. When if a guy walked up to you at a bar and just kind of had this line rehearsed, you'd, you'd smell the bullshit from a mile away. Absolutely. And the same thing with the comedian. If he walked up there, if a guy looks at you across the bar, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to him like, hey, what uh, what are you drinking? You you smell it. You'd be like, gross." If I walk up there, I'm like, so uh, my dating life's fuck off with that shit. <laughs> Engage yourself. Introduce yourself. At least say how. how well, we, we don't want to feel like we're just like watching a, a show. Like, right. like we're, I don't want to hear like a rehearsed bit, a thing that you've done a thousand times. It doesn't feel authentic. And, and, and same way, I don't want to line when no. somebody walks up to me. I don't want to be like, oh, has this worked before on you? It's a, li- it's a line. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, is this joke works in front of like, audiences? Like, look at more? me and acknowledge me. And I think that that's the sort of like the whole authenticity bit of is, it, is, is this real? Is this happening in the moment? Is this off the cuff? That's what I want. Now, with an audience, you do you um, do you kind of know who's an easy target to talk to versus someone who might look like they're kind of closed off? Stuff that stands out, and usually I'll just I don't think too hard about it. I just start kind of doing 
playing around. But that's and, important and what you just said. You don't think too hard about it. Because if women you do... Women can sniff out when you're thinking too hard. Women's intuition is way different than men's. Yeah, they, they can smell they everything too hard. They have to for survival. They have to know to sniff out, like, did you think too hard about approaching me right now? Because it's always what they say, the detachment of not giving a fuck is the, the most beautiful place to meet someone great. You know what I mean? When you think too hard about it when you go talk to a girl... They can tell, and then you're like, ah, fuck that up. They can like, tell. Oh, they can cute. tell. He's nervous. They, they can tell no. I'm nervous. Goddamn. And same thing when you get on stage, you've rehearsed it. They're like, mm, we're not buying this. And you're like, they're not buying it. Same exact thing. There's so many parallels. But I think it goes back to why I do comedy. I don't know if I told you why South Africa, it's a long story. But um, I used to do comedy for me, for validation, for selfish reasons. Now I do comedy as a service. If I can make you forget about your breakup or being broke or your dad just died for 30 minutes, then that is why I wake up in the morning. If I can make you forget about your life and and make you enjoy yourself and smile and genuinely have a good time, that's why I do it. And when I approach a girl, if it's about me and I want her to like me or if if I want her... Uh, to, to if I want her attention, it's the same thing. It's it's not going to work. It's getting it's, instead of giving. If you right. come from a place of like giving, a, a, where, yeah, if, where we do that shot right. clock. I have twenty four seconds to tell you all about me. They're like, ah, yeah, but gross. in reality, you have your whole life if they like you up front. If I want to, if I want to roll up to you and I genuinely want to make you laugh and just at least at least have a conversation that you enjoyed, you know, yeah. it's not about me so much. Um, then we can have an engaging conversation that can go somewhere. Yeah. But it's all about your mindset of how you kind of same for both, you know, the way you approach it. I think if if you kind of take yourself out of the equation a lot, um, that, it, yeah, take because that's hard to do. Is like is not to think you're the most important thing in the room. Like we have this that that kind of narrative in our head that says like there's so much pressure. Everybody's watching me right now, and in the end, it's like no, you just go up there, talk to someone, and getting rejected can still kind of burn. But you just you, it's like if you have a bad set, well, you just you do the next set. And if you had a bad set, you, the, the next good set washes out the bad set. As long as you're, as long as you're learning, you know, and, and that's the thing. Um, I don't go up there thinking I'm better than anyone. I'm the best person in the room. I go up there with a shitload of confidence. I'm very confident in myself on stage. You have a great time on stage regardless of the audience. You really do. You're I'm a not, fun per- You're out of breath, sweating. You have a, you're physical. Yeah, I, yeah I do my CrossFit bit is <laughs> ridiculous. I, 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 That's your workout every day. I, love I your, cracked I love a stage the other day in San Diego. <laughs> I almost broke a stage. If I'd have finished your the burpees, bit, I would have broken the stage. I had to get off. I like your, uh, <laughs> your gay... Uh, Preacher, oh yeah, character. Uh, you haven't heard. I've got some new, very pro. Once again, I don't give a shit about political correctness. I don't do it because it's you know, it's, it's, the, it's what people are doing. I do it because it's it just because being a decent human being. I don't I don't go out of my way. This I have a very feminist been on stage. I don't go out of my way to pander or to be a feminist or get on a bandwagon. I go out of the way because it's the right thing to do to treat women right. Yeah, it's not because I'm feminist. It's the right thing to do and treat men right to treat everyone right. And I have some new bits that when you hear them, you're like, fuck, man, this new bit about immigration, it's just Well, we like, got to do a show together then. Fuck. I'm just now, so you're, you're fired up to do... about some new bits. Yeah. Well, I've been starting every set just telling the audience that I'm a feminist and then, you know, only because my girlfriend makes more money than I do. Like, that's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> but it's just like, that, that makes me look like the, uh, the loser in the story. So like, they, they go... You're likable, then. You know what I mean? They're like, the oh, you're yeah. Like, the only thing that keeps me afloat is the wage gap. Like, that's the only reason that she's not <laughs> running away from me. But it's like... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's about there's a lot of perception you have to worry about on stage, but also not caring is a beautiful thing. But also 
it's good to not care on stage, but you've probably mastered the art of not being like braggadocious or self. You know what I mean? So like, comedy's what? not about winning. Comedy's about how shitty your day was and getting that out there. Being yeah. relatable. It's like bringing yeah. people together under this cloak of laughter, and laughter is like a healing entity, just like love, bringing us all together. The power of our collective love and our collective happiness and our collective laughter could like move mountains. You know what's funny is it's not. Even it, and it does. You can like if I make fun of myself, it's not in a negative energy. So it's I can do a whole set where I just shit on myself, and no one, including me, feels bad about it because it's not like they see themselves in that. Yeah, and there, there just isn't that negative vibe. And so I don't know if that how that would translate to like meeting someone at a bar. But like we, you know, talk about weather as the first thing. You can. Uh, there's no can thing to do when you. I always, I always talk about meeting women at bars. But that's like my like common denominator. But it can be when she's it, out of town. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> no. I'm I'm at a place now where it's hilarious because I don't care. I don't give a fuck what I say because I'm not trying to yeah. score anything. You would do a lot better. Oh yeah, guaranteed. But also in New York, like my single days, I didn't care then either. Because when you're with your buddies and people of like mind, you can laugh about things. It doesn't mean you're being a dick. But what it means is like you're just not seeking the validation from the girl, and it really makes it go a lot farther with with like what what you're you're just not it doesn't ma- it's like having it's like having an unlimited amount of job interviews in the day because you, you if this one person doesn't like it's like screen it's them having out options if they can't laugh with you screen them out you don't need that or if they're in a lot like like do you how do you how do you um I mean, don't get me wrong. When, when I talk about date like a comic, it's funny because a lot of comics are horrible at dating. But I think if they actually applied the tools that they had on stage, they would be better. So, like, for people that read the article, you don't have to be a comic to learn these muscles. You just have to uh, learn the, 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 the virtues, which are just don't give a fuck about the result. Man. The authenticity. Because if you're not being yourself, sooner or later, like, maybe, like, the, the, the whole seduction community, maybe you could... You could um, uh, strip it down and learn the equation to get someone to fuck you, but like, that's. But then what? You're not being you. Yeah. No, you're doing everything for the wrong reasons too. And that's the thing, same thing as a hacky comedian. You're not being you if you're. Like, what's your? Uh, how do you go about meeting girls? Like, are you? Is is just something you're just not worried about right now? Or you just let it naturally. Once again, I'm to this point where I'm like, I don't care if I die single. I'm fine with that. Um, because I have so many great friends, so the idea of companionship or loneliness isn't something I'm concerned about. You have about. your support system. I, I have a support system, so I don't feel lonely at all, so I'm like, you know, I'm fine. I don't need a... Ca- I, I'm fine without companionship. You haven't put all of your marbles in that one... Rela- in that, here's the thing that, I, unfor- unfortunately, I, you know, I think women are more guilty. I think it has to do with the biological clock. You, you tell me, Tasha... Uh, dog agrees. He's barking in the background. Uh, I think women are more guilty of... Boone, shut up! Uh, <laughs> sorry, they can't hear it. So it's just me. Women are more guilty of putting that pressure on finding... Moms do it to daughters. Find that one. You know what I mean? I was watching the movie Snatch, and she's like, Goldie Hawn to Amy Schumer. It's okay, honey. You, you have probably two years left. <laughs> I think like, that's sort of a generalization. Like, I think... 
everybody at some point can start to feel a little bit insecure. Like, oh my God, is this ever going to happen for me? I need, you know, like the, the idea of like having a partner, someone that like you really depend on, who's like your number one, you've always got each other's backs. That's awesome. And maybe you have that in your best friend, but like, you know, it's sort of natural that people couple up. That's just, that's part of life. And so I think, you know, I, I don't think it's just women that feel that way. Yes. We get a lot of pressure from, from society, but um, but don't you feel like some of your friends, and no, to no fault of anyone, they now that they're on the kids stage, you're not going to see them as much. You know what I mean? Like, with, so like, so if you're single, all your married friends, it's like, sorry, like I went uh, skydiving with Jonathan and Marina and all them. There was six, uh, there was uh, eight couples and me, right? So I was the seventeenth <laughs> wheel. I was literally seventeenth. They wheel. all, I'm strapped to like this South American burly man tandem. They're all down there making out in the meadow. I'm the last one, and I just land on top of the guy I'm strapped to. And and, and again, I wasn't even upset about being the single one, but I could tell like they were like, oh yeah, and invite Dave. And I've had Patsy, all them. They were all when they were all married. One of the one of the friends didn't want me to go to the. Th- and Patsy's like, you're, you're gonna you're gonna invite Dave, right? They're like, well, it's a couple's thing. Like, you're inviting Dave. He's one of our best friends. But like other pe- people, they kind of like, yeah. When, once they batch up, they're in a different stage. They're but so. that's just that's the natural progression of life. Things are gonna happen. That's how you grow out of friendships anyway. Distance separates friendships. Like that's you know you can't blame anybody for that. And it's just like you're in your you're in that place or you're not maybe that there's like some people have a fear of kind of being left behind you know if all their friends are moving on or all of their friends are married and having babies and they're still single like i can understand that pressure well you know you know what they're losing is their community because every person that that shacks up there in in what griff has what i have uh and unfortunately i don't think you have is we have the stand-up community. Your modeling community, it's like you only see each other at jobs you guys get. I love it when Tasha has a job. She, sometimes they'll, they'll hire all the people from the same agency. So she'll have a job, you, you talk, talk about it, with other girlfriends that you, know, you get to see. People and I already with. know, yeah. And you, I and actually, you there was so like happy. a casting that I like almost went to yesterday for a job that was working this weekend. But I was like, oh, but none of my friends are going to be there. <laughs> like, I don't want to book a job that's going to be two days so that I don't like, get to work with my friends we can we can go do a show out of town or even you know wherever in ventura and like i did a show monday in ventura and i i'm like fucking this fucking bullshit i get there hey quincy hey what's going on hey terrence hey all these people i know and i'm like i've seen my buddies and some you know sometimes you see people you don't want to see but it's like we have this built-in thing around our workplace that i don't think I don't think Tasha necessarily has, but you know, you have shoots that we you do have, but that's just, it's like part of living in LA. People live far. Like it's way easier to be friends with someone who like lives in your neighborhood because you can just be like, Hey, what are you doing? You off today? You want to go get coffee? Instead of it being like a whole deal, like, Oh, we have to schedule it. Let's go next Tuesday. Can't do that. What about Wednesday? It's an hour drive to go get coffee. Like that's, you know, it, that makes it hard. But I think you, you, when you started talking about like having a sense of community, you were touching on something that I think is really important, which is like, and back to what you were talking about before is like being your authentic self means knowing who you are, knowing what you enjoy, having your things that you do maybe with your friends or maybe by yourself, the stuff that like makes you happy. And I think, um, a lot of people sort of put that on the back burner in order to pursue a relationship. Whereas a relationship works best when you know exactly who you are and you know exactly what you love. It's the dessert, and- not the main course. Yeah. The main course is you, your friends. The best time in my life, other than now, 
think a lot of you think they're great <laughs> now. Uh, the best time nice. for those new people, talk to my girlfriend. We live together. We're we're you know it's been a long time. We're good. Um, but the best the best single time in my life was when I was in New York with Gooch, Andy, Joey. We all had each other. We could we had so much fun. What what group of girls wouldn't want to talk to us? And if they didn't, fine. Then the next one. But we had our own little. That's your community, but it's community. also part of your identity. Yeah, and when one wasn't there, we had someone else. And sometimes, and you know, like don't get me wrong, you can go, you can go to a bar by yourself and still make friends, but you have to kind of like rebuild that fire. Not the same, yeah, yeah, which happens sometimes. I mean, I went to a bar when I was single, and uh, the people that were supposed to meet me blew me off. They were like two hours late, so I just took up space at the bar. You know what I mean? I was like, I stood up because I was like, what? What I hate is when you just go to the back corner in a booth. You're never gonna get the foot traffic there. Yeah. You have to think of yourself as like a business. You need yeah, to keep the you door look open, like a pump the air conditioning. Yeah, you <laughs> look like you have. Sex dolls. Alone in the corner in the dark. Alone in the corner. You will. La- after a yeah, that nights. guy brings a laptop to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's it. So, so what I did is like I like a position, and I'm gonna sound like a psycho describing it, but like I positioned myself in a way that if a girl wanted to get up to the bar, she kind of had to run by me. I kind of like created a little canal of love. You sound like a psycho. And I ended up <laughs> canal of love. <laughs> I ended up meeting, oh, that sounds I ended so up dirty. Meeting people that I ended up meeting people it's that way. So it, dirty also does it gives a chick a chance to bump elbows with me because i think a lot of times i think almost all the times women make the first move whether they know it or not and i think a lot of times women will really get oh i've had girls spill drinks on or hey what i've had things yeah and then, and then hey what's going on and then you have to be ready well to- i think maybe yeah maybe there is like a subconscious thing that happens there. Girls, I could sort of understand that. Where like, so if you're willing to get in a very close proximity with a strange man, you must be receiving some sort of like chemical signals or like cues that are making you think that this person is not dangerous. I've done that. That actually I, makes a lot of sense. I've done that when there's been celebrities near me, like when I've, I were like in the same room, I've like just just drifted. We close. said it was an <laughs> unconscious thing, not a psycho thing. Like, I gotta smell Rob Lowe. I, I want to know what he smells. <laughs> Like, well, if I could only touch his hair right now. You're so weird. He was in my dream the other night. Strange. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to harp on it too long, but yeah. So I don't know. There's there's a million ways to skin a cat, or however that goes. But I think I think women are horrible at um at making the move. But I think they give men the chance. No, get, we're giving you a signal. No, if someone's women, brushing up up against your arm at a bar like that's maybe a signal that like, maybe maybe i mean let's uh, that means maybe open a conversation and see how it goes from there but like you know what's funny is the ucla shows that we do at the improv space we talk to so many strangers yeah because basically we're it's there's this l- tiny little black box theater and the way we test out material is we start a show and then as students and whoever walk by we just say hey, comedy show and we try to get them in but it's a, it's incredible i can't tell you how many People I've st- and it's hard to stop a moving object. I mean, it's literally Newton's law of mo- of momentum, right? It's like it's hard if a girl's walking. It's like good luck. Like that's conversation is not going to work out. But what we're doing is we're like. I don't want to say catcalling this, but like we're catcalling people to come see the stand-up show. So we're not we're not uh, objectifying them, but we're being like, "Hey, I want to make you laugh." Ah, we feature, you know, we're just saying. I bullshit. think that's just shouting, promoting. Sure. I don't think that's but, the same uh, yeah, as catcalling. No, no. Catcalling but, means harassment. Right, but no. I'm just. Well, the point is, is that we you learn to just be bulletproof with what you say, and it still annoys me when when I'm like, "Hey, come see the live stand-up show," blah blah blah, and like. 
in like it's a it, for this example she was Asian she walked by and, and didn't have earphones in and she didn't acknowledge me and then I started yelling at her well rejection still, is never easy but like don't take it personal she doesn't want to like get in a conversation with a stranger on the street at night how dare it's her it's scary how, how dare, dare her you know and we're sidewalk. worried about your feelings of rejection uh, well my point is is I'm still allowed like it's okay to feel rejection just know that you're gonna get another ad bat yeah so I don't know yeah, it sort of <laughs> takes away the uh, high stakes. Griff, I want you to uh, text me right after you use those peppermint uh, soap balls on your balls. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am. I'm telling you. The tingling. You said I'm using them on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to go to... <laughs> Anyone that couldn't see that listening probably thought of I was talking about my asshole, and I wasn't. <laughs> you have to go. We're, this is one of our first episodes. We're live streaming on YouTube, so this will be back up on YouTube for all those that only are listening on audio in your little cubicles getting all hot and bothered talk, hearing us talk about hookers and Amsterdam. You know what the sad part is of that is the only time I went to the red light district was with my sister. How <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's like a tourist attraction. You can go within. That's not weird at all. To me, it was not a but tourist But if you try attraction. to take a photo, they close the curtains. Did they? Say? No, there were 7,000 Asians taking pictures. Really? And of me somewhere out there. There is a photo album that someone's going to show to their grandkids. And this is when we went to Europe. We were in Amsterdam. And this redheaded man, this guy right here, he went to have sex with a woman for money. Somewhere out there, some grandkids are going to see a picture of me. And do, you, do you think they think you're famous? A lot of times when you travel abroad, like for some reason, Asians always think you're like the, the famous white guy. So I'm sure that happens. My buddy Darren lived in Japan, and he's literally was stopped on the street everywhere he went. He oh, they love looking at white people, though, sometimes. Weird. Yeah, in certain countries, if you're white, like in India, I've heard it's the same thing. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, and you're tall. You're like big. You're yeah. just different. It's yeah, you, you're, you're exotic looking, too. So. so give me the state of the union for you. Where are you at? Where are you at with, like, have you, you, you know, so you're... La- Dating? We, yeah, what we talked about last time, you were just, like I said, sifting through the rubble. Well, you know, and, and also, like I said, I'm fine with being single. And also, if you know me and you know any of my friends will tell you that are close to me, I'm a romantic. Hardcore. Since I was four years old, I've thought of what I want my proposal to be. For when I get married, which is I, what? oh, tell us, tell us. I don't know, but I've gone. Over, <laughs> I don't know yet because I put so much. Th- I've never put that much thought in anything. I like, guess, but such is that a special the special po- moment the for the girl? That is the performer in me too. But it's once again, it's like this is a girl cherishes that moment since she's a little girl. This has to be a special moment. Um, I don't know, like I, you know, I, uh, air balloon over Paris. I don't know. I really don't know. Seal did it in an iceberg. Um, to Heidi Klum, <laughs> I'm always open to How'd ideas. That work out for him um, in Switzerland and the Matterhorn. I don't know. Some we're, it's got to be like visually. I mean, I want to go somewhere where her breath is taken away visually by the beauty of the environment already. I want it to be so she's, not uh, her breath. Like single ladies out there listening and watching, I want you to, to be know taken this guy's away got it. already, and then we just add that on there, and it's like, see, I want her to pass okay. out. But <laughs> um, pass but here's the thing too. You were, you were mentioning this too. Is um yeah, and it's like oh, I don't think I'm going to be single the rest of my life because I'm romantic and and I do want that, but I'm also fine. Um, you mentioned earlier you're always growing. I'm a different person every year. I'm a 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. Like the guy I I was five years ago and the girls I would have attracted are much different than the girls I am now. I'm much right. more mature, older, and more knowledgeable. And I just think that I would be able to attract um, 
a girl that fits me. Every like a girl that I'm gonna attract now, it's gonna be different than a girl I'm gonna attract in For two sure. years. So I'm always like, I'm always improving. You know why? Unless, why cash unless you now? find someone if I who's do. gonna grow together with you. You know, right. some people are sort of on the same trajectory, and you're that's where growing. you make like a life match. But yeah, nobody. You're not gonna meet somebody now, and it's gonna be the same person in a decade. Definitely not. You're Both you're of growing. you are growing. Well, but you hopefully you grow static, together. It's a static collision. You want to collide and then and then move in that same direction, not just pass. And a lot of. Uh, uh, romance and, and hot moments that co- steaminess that come and go. You just met in that moment and you passed, and it requires work. Yeah, to you bo- had something that was like valuable for each party in that moment in time. Same with friendships. You know, you meet somebody at the time when you're meant to meet them, and you mesh together and you go together well. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a lasting and thing. With us, but. It happens that people find each other that like it's lifelong friendships, lifelong relationships. I, I, you know, I'm fine with waiting. The older I get, the better. I mean, and, and for some people, the older they get, the better. They, they, they just grow in a positive way as a person. So in five years, I'll be so much better that, you know, I'll, I'll be able to, I think I'll be more attractive to women as a better suitor in five years. I whether think it be I'm- financially, whether it be my experience in life. And I'm like, you know, or your maturity level. Listen, my maturity I'm, level. I'm and I notice w- that's a big difference. Like in girls now, you know, uh, you know, when I was 25 and I tried to date 25 year olds, they were trying to date guys that were 35, exactly. right? And now I'm like, oh, now I'm attracting these because they're like, we're tired of our own guys. We're tired of all these fuck boys. Well, fuck there boys. is like a difference in maturity level between girls and boys. Girls are definitely ahead of boys. Boys right. just mature later. They and so right. if you're dating someone who's the same age as you, you're gonna have sort of different priorities. I think a 25 year old woman might be on par with me at 31. Yeah. Whereas when I was 25 and she was 25, she didn't like I w- I didn't have a shit together at 25. No. So why would you want to date a 25 year old? And it goes back it kind of goes back to the biological clock where 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 women are maturing faster so they need a guy who's ready. If a, if a woman's 26 like un- unfortunately for Tasha, I think at her age she'd be she'd be probably better off uh on the books with a guy who's like 40 with a house, you know what I mean? Or 35 with a house, but unfortunately it's like that's why I'm always like oh shit I only, I, I, it's like I'm, I'm, I have the same limitation that you have, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that limitation that we set that, like, well, when I'm a headliner, I'll be making more money. I'll be in more control of what, what, what when I'll perform. I can have my girl come with me. I'll, we say all these things when this is all perfect, and in the end, th- there's, n- you're never kind of at that, f- that, that finish line. But yeah, it'd be so much better if Tasha and I met. And I already had my first home, you know what I mean. But at the same time, yeah, we would we wouldn't have that. that artisanal, you know, youthful sort of like I was telling her the other day. I was like, trust me, we're gonna look back at the time that we lived in this studio apartment as a real positive kind of moment in our life. We don't need to like rest on the laurels that we love it here. Like we're we're both like in a dogfight trying to like get that next, you know, that competitive edge in our careers. But at the same time, you got to enjoy the ride. So, but I think you're right that there's no such thing as like everything all being perfect and set out, and that's part of like well, being on a journey together. Is like that doesn't exist. You can't have like your ducks in a row and then blah blah blah. Like ta- you're setting a limitation for yourself, thinking that like oh I can't have this until I have this. No, you can have it all, and you can have it all right now. But you know what sucks for me? I think maturity I- is the word I was looking for in there. The older I get, the more mature I get, and I'm a better suitor. Mm-hmm. Whereas five years ago, like I, 
relationships might not have worked as well because I was my maturity was an issue. Now I can yeah. be more stable. And in maybe a it wasn't that much of a priority for you too. You know, like it, you might have thought it was a priority to have a relationship, but if you're not willing to invest like the time or the energy into like being a couple, being part of a team, working together for common goals, like if you're only focused on your stand-up career or whatever else, it. It makes it, it's unbalanced. Right. Did you see the little things she put in there? <laughs> She's like, well, if you're only focused on your stand-up career, Dave, <laughs> which is so not that true. Is not I, what I, no, I know. I'm like, the, if you look at my stage time, it's been really good this year, but like, ugh, you know what I mean? I, I get jealous when I see uh, single comics. I'm like, oh, they're fucking. I see like, uh, you know, you know Tre- Trevor, you know Trevor Wallace? He's like, yeah. I met him when I was at doing, when I was opening at uh, in uh, the San Jose Improv and he was in college. And it's like, dude's like, yeah, he's doing all these different mics and he's running hard and i have to be home at a certain time uh for the most part because i like don't i'll feel bad if you're just like don't you see me make all day. me an excuse no but that's that's my <laughs> thing that i have but also i got all the side jobs these and you know i the, the what's hard for me which i don't think tasha you, you will ever understand uh is that you've got friends excuse me i'm burping i'm not crying i'm burping <laughs> i'm choked up i'm burping uh you have friends uh I won't say their names. That their their husbands, you know, have sold their screenplays. They they own homes. They have the nice car. I've got friends, our our mutual friends, that are fucking multimillionaires because they release their own product and they have all their shit together. They've got that buying power. And right now, all I've got is selling you on the belief that I'm making it happen. And I in 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 the end, begrudgingly maybe you believe me because you're still with me, or because I moved in with you and you can't <laughs> evict me. I am trying really <laughs> hard to throw you out. But it's like until you're this, you know, the limitation we have is that until you're the CEO of your own stand-up company, that you're not cashing in. Of course, you know, this year we're going profitable with the podcast, other things, you know, I'm b- bells and whistles all over. But it's like, fuck, man, if you only knew, like I, I refuse to settle for a job that's gonna. I'm not, I'm not settling. Like I've always said, my, uh, my, um, you know, my retirement fund is the fact that I'm not quitting this. I, this, I will make this work. I will look back on this clip right now and be like, oh shit, Dave. Cause that's the leap in the net will appear mentality. Again, when you do leap in the net will appear, you have to actively be making choices to build that net, but you don't have to know where you're going to land. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So like, as long as you're moving in a direction, uh, you know, of your dreams, my Thoreau quote, as long as you're moving in a direction, you might end up like, you know, like, uh, Tom, is it Tom Rhodes? Is he the one who, who actually, he got a late night talk show in Amsterdam yeah, Tom and Rhodes. it set him on this trajectory where he loves performing abroad and he's this huge household name. So he gets to travel all over the world and tell jokes. What kind of world do we live in where that's the currency? But like, why not? Everything else is a made-up currency anyway. Yeah, you can be a YouTube billionaire. That's like a thing oh that's really gosh. about to happen. I'm so obsessed with following some of these YouTube stars. I just started watching. This I saw guy. you said there was like a little kid Dude. that makes 3,300 a day. I'm done. 33. And that's just through like the advertising revenue on YouTube. That's not including like Everything his own else. merch and so brand deals. So he's probably making five grand a day, and he's just. In his own dojo, you know, jumping on trampolines with Cheetos, doing What's the crazy. What's that do to a kid to make that money that early on, though? I know your parents should really. Right? Your parents, like, you're 15 and your parents suddenly have no control over you because they can't argue with the amount of money I'm you're making. You know it's what I mean? It's kind of like these child stars. They end up being drug addicts <laughs> or whatnot. All kinds of terrible things happen to them. 
And I'm like, that's not too different, to be honest with well, you. Well, I'll say it's this. really not. The truth behind my joke that I'm a feminist because my girlfriend makes more money than me is it's men manipulate to get laid. Manipulate. Manipulate. You are a Japanese grandfather. I right manipulate. Uh, listen to my son. Listen we, to sex, actually. <laughs> it's a very good show. It's subscriber. All right, the, but what were you trying to say, Subscriber to the show, sex, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blur out the ball sack. They blur out their porn. Okay. Um... That yeah, we you know the Weinstein's the it's that's an ex, that's a crazy extent to it all. But like this YouTube star pays his girlfriend to shoot his stuff. Hey, if I'm paying you, it's like you start to res, you can resent someone for it, when money gets involved, it gets no, dangerous. Well, yes and no, yes and no. Wouldn't you want to employ your friends? Like if you're running your own company and, and your company is just making fun videos wouldn't you rather hire someone that you like that you that you know could use the money that you know is going to do a good job sure, than like sure, hire sure. some stranger to be your dp but you know like if if, if i my uh, friends are capable but if someone's like yeah i, th- I think i know how to do it and if there's like five grand like, on the de- uh, five grand on the line every day and it's my good buddy but he's not really just doesn't have a shit together no and but case. i think you know obviously you're gonna do someone who's like willing to take direction and good at their job and that you believe in but yeah. it's like it's it's working together it's your whole community coming together and like w- we all rise to the top together you know like all yeah. his buddies have channels too, and they're and you shoot my video right now, and I'm gonna shoot your video in ten yeah, they're minutes. They're all making and money. Like, this guy's making more, but they're all still making a thousand a day. It's just insane. But okay, so my question to you, Griff, if say say you were paid with infinite YouTube bucks, so you know who can spend three grand a day? Really, who can? I mean, some days you just want to go watch a movie. That's twenty two bucks. Like, who could spend three grand a day? Imagine, like, what world would you be operating in for that for that unlimited fund? Like, what? If you won the lottery, what would you be what doing? What would change in your what life? You, you what, mean? what would you get out, you know, and what would you just be focusing on? Would because like for me, it's like yeah, a million bucks. I'd still want to go on stage and make people laugh, you know. But maybe I would create an environment where I can help support my friends do the same. Like what? What? What would be your blank check? You know, I've thought about this a lot. I have this reoccurring dream throughout my life where I find a briefcase full of cash and it would change my life overnight. What would I do with that? It would be overwhelming. Um, so here's what I would do. I, I'm upset with our industry. It's a shitty, fucked up industry, and we're treated like dogs, and I'm sure in modeling there's plenty of bullshit you deal with too. Um, so our industry's terrible. I tell people all the time now when they try to get into our industry, don't, don't, just don't. Don't question, don't ask. Just don't get into it. And if they don't um, listen don't do to it you, as a hobby, then they really do want it. to do it. Like if, right. they, if they really... You learn for yourself, yeah. but it's a brutal industry. So... And we're underpaid. Chris Rock gets $25 to do an hour at the comedy store. And I tell people that their jaws drop. I'm like, yep. So um, <clears throat> we're just exploited and underpaid. Um, and it's disgusting. And we're um, dinner theater, really. Right. And so uh, what I would do if I were to make big bucks is smart. First off, I would grow that money with investments, property. Grow that. Let's say it's a million dollars. I turned into $2 million. Right? So now I've got $2 million. And I can invest... You know, I'd like to run show. Okay, so I've I've run fifteen. Okay, shows yeah. So in assume LA. that I've all your investments are like shows Warren Buffett. Perfect. Right. So it's all coming in. So to make a difference in my industry, where I'm disgusted how we're underpaid and exploited, I know how to produce shows. I already do that, um, and I'd like to produce shows where I can pay my comedians hundred bucks a set here in L.A. Oh my God, what? 
and do make an example, and everyone's going to start wanting to do that show. That's going to be a hot show. All the big guys will stick around. Everyone's going to want to do that show. It's going to be hot. It's going to be a waiting list. You're going to have to be really good to get on that show. And it's going to build a following, and everyone's going to be like, God, everyone, Griff's got the hottest show. What does he do? And how does everybody else compete? That's the thing. How does everyone else compete? You're going to have to start paying your comedians, too, if you want to get with me. You know, Ari Ari Shafir does that. So he he has a show. This is not happening since he has lost a show. He kind of gave it away to Comedy Central. But his live shows, basically, all he had to do was pay his comedians a $35 spot pay in New York. But what he decided to do was split the door with all of them. So next thing you know, all the comics are getting $275. Or four fifty, depending on what that door was, and they're like, "Dude, Ari, you could have made eighteen hundred, and and we would have all still been happy to do your show." He goes, "No, that's not how it works. That's not what I need." See what he I'm saying is, is, is with his honesty. See what I'm saying is, we're all just, oh, that's how you know we would have been fine with that. Why the fuck should we be fine with getting yeah. paid nothing? Why yeah. the fuck that's how it? That's just how the industry is. Fuck that. You fuck, guys I'm sound like communists right now, and I really like it. No, but it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, or here's the thing. But no. here's the thing. Like, it's you're right. That like this is horrible in your industry. It happens in my industry too. There was just a thing last week where like this uh, hotel owner in Ireland like put this blogger on blast for like asking for a free night stay to talk about the hotel. But like brands do that to me all the time. Literally, brands email me every day asking me to post their shit and not offering me any money. Well, that's like Kevin Hart charges like twenty five grand a tweet, and he goes, "I built my Twitter." If you want me to tweet and promote your show, you have to pay me. I built this. So it's not about making, you know, like uh, Louis C.K. makes like $400,000 a set when he does his private, when he does his arena shows. But it's like he worked. I mean, he's maybe a bad example because they made good money in the 80s and 90s. More, it's what's so funny is they made more than we make now. Like that, like we've yeah, actually got industry. But the point is, you interrupted me, is that, <laughs> is that like, it's sort of like it, 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 it it's industry wide in your industry in our industry but it's also just like America. It's like the CEOs are making 97% of like the profits and the the piddly warehouse workers are sharing 3%. Are they that the good at what they do? And but that's the thing is that it's like a it's unfair this like sort of like reaping the benefits is all, all the 1% is getting all of it and the rest of us are left with crumbs and we're just like okay with it because we're just trying to get by and we're, and we're just happy to be paid and we're just happy to what be doing our co- stage time and we're just happy you know it's like everybody like once people band together and this is like the power of unions once people band together and say no we're not working for this if comics if you guys did weren't so desperate for the stage time you could just be like no no, we're not performing they, at this place that's did, that's charging us to have they water. They did that in the seventies. David Letterman led it. Yeah, they did it in the seventies. I'm dying up here. Great book. Now a Showtime show. The Showtime show doesn't really. It's a fiction. The book talks about the comedians. You know, all the comedians got together. Leno, Letterman, uh, Dre, Dreisden, Dreisden, all these different comedians, and they picketed the comedy store. They weren't getting paid anything. They ended up getting 15, 20, whatever it is. Now you're, they actually make less at the improv, right? You make like five or seven bucks at the improv. Less than when we went on a strike then. And here's the thing. A people lot of died comedians, for that strike. Yeah. A lot of people are just, 
this is how it is. We need the stage time. And I honestly don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No, it you requires like making a stand. Well, here's the thing. And and I, I hate, hate communism. Um, here's the thing. Forcing anyone to do anything doesn't work. Forcing people to... No, that doesn't work. So a strike is not going to happen. I'm sorry, but comedians are too selfish and... And they just are too hungry for stage time. It's not going to happen. But the way to do and it... And the same with models, too. Probably, Because, yeah. like, you know, we... Like, I've been lucky that I've sort of able to, like, request a rate and get it. But, like, you know, people get older and then they're not booking as much and then they get desperate and there's always going to be a brand new girl who you, just Tasha. moved here from Wisconsin who's willing to do it for 300 bucks. And it's like, yep. if you're selling yourself for so cheap for Instagram posts or for for shoots or whatever else, then brands think that like they can just always get girls who will work yeah. for only 300 yeah. bucks. What's and it's like, no, that's, that's if we can get, you're, you're making a shit ton of money off of my face selling your product. If so, we can get all these people for free, then we don't need to we pay don't need them. to pay comics because they'll do it for free. But what's great is that unlike a, a just a random booty model with a following is that when, when you, when, when you decide, to, you, you know, there, there are girls with much bigger followings than you that get paid less for a promotional photo than you do. Because you know what you're worth, and they go, oh, well, we actually like that. She's talented. She does this, that. But, like, yeah, it's, it's I, I've lost my point. But it's, it's, you have to be able to put your foot down. The currency that you have and that we have is, is um, impressions. Impressions are the, is the only currency we have. For us, it's how many people download the podcast, how many people listen, uh, can, can we fill a theater. For you, it's, it's you know, how many people follow you. And but it's sort of an edu- sorry, I'm interrupting you now. It's sort of an educational thing, just like how we talk about like dealing with like the wage gap. Um, and they've been doing it in Hollywood too. Is like we have to be willing to have a communication. What's the girl from uh, Grey's Anatomy? She was just talking about how like what is it? Not like, Catherine Heigl. No, 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 no. She, the she, uh, the girl the who played route. Meredith Grey was talking about how when they were doing contract negotiations, I just read this thing. I don't, it was about how like she became the highest paid woman in television. And she was talking about how it was like a 10 year journey. And like every year she had to re- renegotiate and, and that McDreamy or whoever wouldn't tell her his salary to use as like a bargaining chip. But this is like, this is a conversation that we need to have. Like if we have transparency with what we're getting paid and, and people who are like new in the industry know that like, no, nah, don't work for that. You can get better. Well, then like we all to come too, up together. talk to each other. Hey, what'd you get for that weekend? You know, they probably don't, they try not to say it on air because agents hate that. But we're not, I'm not at that place to where I'm like, you know. But your agent is supposed to have your back. You know, your agent is supposed to be wanting to get you paid That's too. The They're getting a percentage. They've got other clients, like- and if they, you know, it would, it's. I don't want to get too far into like the specifics of it, but it comes down to like for me when when I when I'm like begging people like, hey, not only subscribe to the podcast, but whip out your girlfriend's phone and click subscribe on their phone. And by the way, Geertsen, uh from Salt Lake City wrote in. He's the guy who he he wrote in and made he 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 has um like a he made a t-shirt that company. you were wearing yesterday he made me a, and a t-shirt uh, and pants. pants like really good. Not just like I'll make a t-shirt like really good. And he's like he's like yeah I like I sh- I've been sharing your podcast with a bunch of friends and I was like dude yeah click the punch the subscribe button on your girlfriend's phone. It's like just get get the you're. The, the, when you get the ball rolling, like for me, my blank check moment is if this goes from uh, 15,000 downloads a month to 450,000 downloads a day. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's just like a snowball. It's a little avalanche for my career. And when it gets to that level, I say, oh, I'm in Des Moines. And then I sell out a theater. And it's like, oh, and then I bring on comics I want to bring. And then it's like that currency for me, 
gets away from the gatekeepers because it goes, okay, I don't need your comedy club. Uh, I'll, I'll do a bowling alley. I'll sell it out. $15 tickets. We'll get 400 people. You do the math. You know what I mean? Like, it, and that's so, what most of us are doing, dude, and, to circumvent. Yeah, and what's, what's tough is that until you have that big following, like you don't, if we had that following without the muscle of being a great comedian, you'll they'll be like, oh shit, he fucking sucks. Like some YouTubers will do like these theater tours and they just do Q and A's, and the audience is too dumb to know any any difference. No offense, YouTube watching, um, we just lost two people. <laughs> no, but the they're the, the, these younger audiences are too dumb to know talent. So like they'll 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 happily go to That's a comedy true. club to see a viral star, and they charge like twenty bucks a photo afterwards. Hold on, go back a little bit, hit rewind button. These <laughs> young. These young people are too dumb to know talent. You just hit on something you could do an entire fucking book or podcast on. I mean, talk about bumble rap and these What's YouTube- bumble rap? It's pretty much what rap has become. Garbage. Rap is fucking trash, and rappers will tell you that. Older rappers will be like, what is this shit, little Yachty? What is this? You know, Gucci, 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 Gucci gang. I want to hit that kid in the fucking nose. <laughs> you suck, you know, talent ass clown. What is your name? I know, Lil, Lil something. I don't know. <laughs> something. But kids are dumb, and they consume. They're like, yeah, that's what it is. And, 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 it's, and it's the same thing with... with these people are coming like, yeah, he's on YouTube. He must be. No, dude. Like, what's what's funny with us is is uh, to be an up and coming comedian, you've probably put twelve years in. So when someone finds you, oh, there's this new guy, Patrice O'Neill. No, he's one of the greatest comedians of all time. He's, he's been working it underground. More nasty bar shows. He's been to more <laughs> shitholes. He's done so many just dirty. He's performed in bathrooms of the DMV. He's not new. And that's why I do appreciate the struggle, but it's the journey the journey that we have doesn't have to be a poor one where it, it doesn't have to be a struggle per se, but you know, we do get uh, verbally or physically attacked on stage sometimes. We literally have to have our head on a swivel. This last bar show I did, I did, um, I did, it's called The Scene in North Hollywood. Bunch of dollar bills on the ceiling and bra straps. That's um, yeah, a fun I've, show. I've done that room, yeah. Fun show, but you know what I mean? horrible like, outside. Yeah, the, um, the, <laughs> the stage mill. is like a 270 degree audience, so like you have to like kind of look behind you. People are walking around. They're, they're ready to shank you. You know what I mean? Like we've got yeah, there's that side of the hustle, but there's also like I, I I appreciate those shows. I learn a lot from performing in front of a lot of these Latin American communities. I would never do stand up for from being from New Latin England. America. Just say there's just, there's a bunch of Mexicans there <laughs> wearing L.A. Dodgers hats that heckle every time. What's That's worse, what a Dodgers is. hat or a Raiders? Which one is a worse audience member? <laughs> that Raiders. reminds me. This is a total side note, but there was yesterday on the Bassett or a Bassett on Rescue of Southern California. They've got a a little Bassett named Dodger who's up for foster or adoption. He was sick. He's really sick. He's got like Sweet. a heart problem and oh. he's not going to live very long. But they're looking for his his new owner. He's only like 16 months old. Dropped him off at the vet oh. after they just, they left him at the vet after they found out what how serious his heart problem was. The best place you leave him though. Yeah, but now the vet is like just trying to find someone in Orange. They're looking for someone in Orange County. So if anybody knows somebody in Orange County who's willing to take in this little Bassett Dodger, I think what if you had a blank check, sort of uh, money rolling in. I I mean not to project on you, but I just imagine a farm with a million dogs. You you imagine correctly. I think <laughs> I would. I think I would take <laughs> myself off the grid. I'd have myself a nice little farm with lots of little animals and some fruit trees. 
And I think that could be my existence. If anyone has a dog farm and they want us to podcast from there, I think we would happily be the, the worst audio. Of, oh, 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 oh. I sound <laughs> like heaven. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the goal. Is that we're gonna? Uh, I'll I'll uh, be off doing stand up and making people laugh. And I'll be come home, home taking care of the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> new seven dogs every time. No, but that would be great. And then you could have like your core group of dogs you keep. Could you give the dogs away though? Like, could you actually deal with letting them go? I think so. I think as long as I knew that they were going to like happy families. So you would screen out the, you would make sure the families are good and. Yeah. Or like if they're going to drop their dog off at the vet, drop them back off with me. You know, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm trying to like breed dogs or anything. I just, <laughs> you, see how I quick, just <laughs> you see how quickly we can. Like I'm not trying to breed dogs. <laughs> you like how we can just go change the conversation that quickly. Now we're talking about dog breeding. Uh, we do have to, we'll get out of here in a second. We just hit an hour plus our 15 minute intro. Wow. Which we'll play at the end. Um, where, before we do go, where can people find you? In, on in, uh, all social media at Griff Pippin, G R I F F. P-I-P-P-I-N. Nice. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Snapchat. I don't do Snapchat because I was <sighs> like, I don't think that's, Me I think neither. it's going to tank and I think the Instagram stories. Gonna... I just, yeah, I do Instagram stories now and I Snapchat once in a while. Someone actually wrote in, uh, I think her name is Beth, she wrote in from Snapchat a sex actually thing and I was like, I didn't even know. How'd you find me through Snapchat of all places? But I'll respond if you text me on it. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same for me. D Neils, D N E A L Z, and then the Sex Actually podcast is on Instagram now at Sex Actually Pod. Which we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Hobby Lobby, the arts and crafts store. I'm sorry we didn't. We haven't done this for your episode. But next time you come back, dare you? That's an Oklahoma company (laughs) too. Oh, is it really? Yeah, Okies. Oh, I have. Okay, but hold on. Hold the table. The Oklahoma thought because I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, We're gonna make little bubble speech things where we put like different ways that we label ourselves like the five love languages like um like uh what you know like a uh, hopeless romantic and different things and then we'll take photos with the guests and they can hold up whichever speech bubble they are you so know? it's basically like a wedding photo booth yeah we're gonna make a little photo booth <laughs> for the sex actually page so go to the instagram and 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 follow over there and then um that's how we'll stay in touch and we'll shoot a little we'll shoot a quick little um hello video for that once we wrap up here, Tasha, people, where can they find you? You can find me uh, t- at Tasha Courtney on Instagram. That's where I am mostly these days. Or at a dog ranch. Tasha TV <laughs> is on Snapchat, but truthfully, I haven't been on Snapchat that much, guys. So sorry if I haven't answered your messages. I'll try and go yeah, through. Yeah, follow her Instagram. But I can barely, I can't handle too. I'm like trying, I'm finally getting back into Instagram after taking a lot of time off and I've been doing a lot of Instagram stories. So send me a message. Uh, yeah, she's doing the Instagram stories before the podcast. So if you have any any questions you want to ask you follow her on instagram you'll get a notification when she goes live and then you can ask her questions and then we'll remind on the podcast griff is it not incredible that she doesn't have a bigger following on instagram don't you think that was just a little bit do some of these Thanks. chicks have these following and all i can do is try to milk the tit of your following <laughs> milk the actual tits more mm. tit pics. the lactate uh, you'd get a lot of followers <laughs> if you guys that's what i'm saying like, <laughs> <laughs> i i've made her post a few photos here and there all artistic and I'm like, and they're like a 10,000 like photo. You know what I mean? And you're, but you're like, oh, my, uh, you know, eyebrows are off centered. And I'm like, the bros <laughs> aren't looking at your eyebrows, kid. But, <laughs> but if you can, if we can get you to that next level. You do have great eyebrows. Oh, thank you. But that's the thing. So, so the, as she mentioned, she's been so busy with some of these gigs. And I'm like, if, if you start off, if you have to turn down work, you got to up your price. 
And that's the thing. It's like up your price to the point where you, it makes you really excited to go do it. And if they can't match it, then you'll be at home petting the dogs at that dog park. And then you'll and then your currency is the fact that if you if you're able to get that following from eighty grand to four million, which by the way, the, the people that have the four million following, there isn't much of a difference there. It's just about tapping into that algorithm. If you get to that point, then you go, fuck it. We're shooting videos in Bolivia. We're going on the road. We're traveling. Sounds like a dream. And we're going after different things we can bring here. the dogs. Yeah. That's what <laughs> we'll hire a really good dog Bol- sitter. Bolivian dog ranch. We did that in, we did that in Colombia. That's the new name of the podcast, Bolivian dog ranch. <laughs> Bolivian dog ranch. <laughs> I could wag one up. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I'll bring, I bring the podcast equipment when we go to Colombia. We do an episode there. She records a few things. And then all of a sudden, we say, fuck you to the industry. And then it's, you know what I mean? Like, I look at, like, guys like Joe Rogan, and it's like, he this dude built a factory. It's, like, the size of a Best Buy. He built a podcast studio. He's got, like, a Muay Thai area, a, a water deprivation tank. He's got all these crazy things. And it's like, I don't want that. Is this the Onnit gym as well connected I, to maybe. it? Maybe. Yeah, probably. But it's here. It's somewhere, uh, Glendale or somewhere. He literally... And he's gonna build like a like an outdoor fire pit so they can smoke cigars and podcast there. It's just insane. But why would he? Why would he ever go to a sitcom or something like that? He doesn't need it. He's making, making when you when you talk about what these YouTubers are making times that by ten with what to he's just making. have fun and record their everyday life. And he's just and he and he's also an interesting guy. By no means I'm trying to say oh I deserve God. what he has. He's so interesting. But what the point is is we bring on guests like you that we love to talk to. Who wouldn't want to? pop us in while they're doing their laundry and the people that listen anyway it's not, unlimited possibilities listen, that's the that's the bottom line if, is that there are unlimited possibilities in this life you've just got to figure out what it is that's going to make you happy and, and pursue and, it and, and, and listening I, to the bolivian dog ranch podcast is the best yeah. way to make yourself happy <laughs> you're gonna love it's it. just dog noises it's like um <laughs> it's like how they do like ambiance at starbucks they do like ambiance music and it's like or you can like ooh, even ooh. you can put on like the the uh, coffee house channel or whatever, right? And then it's like the sound of like the steamer, the espresso steamer, and like the grinder and You're the. You're just beans. gonna hear Tasha itching. A that's dog. that's what I'm gonna start <laughs> selling. It's just like dog ambiance. Such <laughs> a good idea. Dog park, dogs <laughs> shitting and sniffing each other. Uh, no, so anyway, my call to action, my CTA, as it were, is that it's like, look, the podcast is free, right? So I spend, you know, not to make y'all feel guilty, I spend what I spend on the bandwidth and uh, and all that jazz, and I love doing it. I get so much out of. It. But what I ask from you is I know how many of you are subscribing and rating versus how many listen, and more of you need to subscribe. And those of you that have, like Geertsen, uh, am I pronouncing his name right? Geertsen? It sounds like my gay, like my Gunter, my Geertsen. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Tasha, don't worry. I'll just go hang out with Geertsen. Don't worry about it. But and, uh, it's 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 those those guys that, that can take out their girlfriend's phone and punch us in and subscribe. Those are the ones that help us build and get to that next level. So I appreciate it. If you will subscribe, rate it, review it, find out how to do that. Click on the icon. If you have an iPhone, you just type in sex. Actually, you hit, you can do this while you take your next shit. You type in sex. Actually, you hit reviews. You see 177 five-star reviews, which is great. Let's get that up to a thousand. Uh, that's what you need to do to rise in the ranks and get more ears listening to us. It's not a, it's not a matter of quality. We've done the best we can to, to provide the best quality thing. It's just a matter of getting us uh, in the right opportunity to get more listeners. So anyway, that's what I'll say about that. Um, any uh, last words about the Bolivian dog ranch? Uh, I think we're all tapped out. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, 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 Oklahoma. Any festivals that you do there? No, I don't go back to comedy there. You don't do any comedy there? I only go back to see family and then get out. 
Is, is there any just because it's too much going on when you go home and see family? That yeah, I gotta see family. I mean, there are festivals. There's a blue whale one in the, Tulsa. The but. blue whale one is the one that my um my I have a second cousin um who runs a restaurant group in Oklahoma, and they have a bunch of restaurants. What if we could get comedy shows? I I just I'm literally having this idea right now. It would be awesome to like bounce around and do a few of his shows. He has like he like owns all these restaurants, and he saw me do stand up in in Newport while they were in town. But he mentioned the Blue Whale Festival, so I didn't know if it was one that he had done before or whatever. I don't I know even, about it, but I don't know when it is. Anyway, uh, you guys should make a trip. You guys can go together. Are I'd rather fun? go to Kentucky, a small town in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, baby. Kentucky we need to find has, out what uh, the festival in Kentucky is. Kentucky isn't that big state. Louisville place. has a festival. Do they have a festival? Yeah, they do. They don't have enough good clubs. It, there's only a couple. There's like Louisville's Zanies, a huge maybe? city. Louisville I'm sure has that like, if club. they're doing a festival there, they're going to be setting I'm just saying, up all o- sorts Ohio, of Ohio, which is right next door, has a million comedy clubs. Louisville, I mean, Kentucky. Ohio sucks, though. <laughs> 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 For anyone listening, that state sucks. It's, uh, there's not much going on there, but uh, football, right? Every state where nothing's going on, they, they kill it with football. Ohio has has produced more astronauts than any other state. So the joke is that Ohio is so bad. So bad they get out of the up. Hey, <laughs> they make you want to leave the earth. That's jokes out of this world. <laughs> All right, we'll end on that. Griff, thanks again for being on the podcast. Everyone go follow him on social media. Tell him that you heard him here. If you haven't, go find the first episode we did with him. It's just as interesting. I'll put the link to that in the description. Rate review. Tasha Courtney, everybody. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Um, I, my, so I, I didn't, last 10 minutes was really I didn't want to record it, but I'll tell you guys about that. My Thursday was the worst day okay, of my life. Okay, wait, as soon as, soon as you, wait, as, start saying it, and as soon as you say nope. it, I'll, I'll no. hit the stop <laughs> button. I'll, I'll hit the stop button, and they'll, no. they'll, they'll, they'll wish they were listening. Need to be recorded. Bye, everybody. We're not going to actually start yet, but because uh, I can't tell if uh, if there's any glitches until until I'm live. Um, what does "pass due" mean? Let's see what the fuck does that mean? Ah, uh, it's probably a rent letter. What does "pass due" mean? Oh, GC. If you're ready for viewers to see your stream, oh, that's cool. So I'm go- I'm live, but I'm not published, so I don't publish it till. What you doing, big guy? I'm actually going to raise this. The other day, my um, Instagram Live wouldn't work from my phone. just said checking connection the whole time. So I did it from my iPad. Uh, so Isn't technology fun? No. <laughs> every every time. Works. Every fucking time. We used to try. We'd like sit the fucking router on top of it. I set this live up on our last episode. And we spent no joke, like 15 minutes waiting for that thing to work. And I was so annoyed. Well, maybe that's why uh, my connection went down. You just tried to do that? Mm-hmm. Why don't you turn your Wi-Fi off? I hate technology. I hate all of it. It's all evil to me. It's yeah. So there's no way that... Your connection isn't strong enough is what it said, right? Okay, so Whoa. My phone. You know what that sounded like? I'm not live. Okay, it works. So you it's guys, our Wi-Fi that's Can you guys hear that? Yeah, you know what it sounds like? Remember in the old Mario's when the little uh, lava balls shoot up out of the lava? That's what it sounds like. Is just it c- the static of the antenna? I don't know, but it's fucking Crunchy. not normal.
Sorry, I'm eating banana. Dude, I tell you, Griff, I... What the fuck? Am I ruining your podcast? No, it's just annoying that, like, I'm... I'm, Oh, yeah, what's your phone? It's a phone. Wow. Weird. Well, you just say... It's, uh, you know, you can't, as, that red thing means here. we're recording. It's just, we're not streaming. So I, I can't see if we're even in frame. It shoots super wide, so we probably are. <clears throat> Static's coming back. No, you can't do it, babe. Oh, guys. Did you hear that? <clears throat> My phone's making static. Here, put it on. Put it in there. Okay. Jeez Louise. What's that you're trying to do? I'm trying to set the fucking camera up, and it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Don't make technology that doesn't work. Yeah, assholes. Okay, it's back on. Hey, Mevo, thank you so much. All right, so our guest today is Griff. Hello. <clears throat> Hey! <laughs> and I don't know what we're about to be talking about. We haven't, we don't have anything planned, but... Um, tell, tell them we're going to be offering dating advice from comedians. Dating advice from comedians. Woo! I'm really, ex- I'm really excited about this after, after <laughs> doing a little bit of research. I didn't even get this fucking thing. <clears throat> we, ha- we have a few minutes to kill to set this up. I'm going ma- to figure it out. Hi guys, thanks for joining. Heavy metal music. This one asked me if you like it. Uh, no, that's all, that was the only comment. Heavy <laughs> metal music. No okay. question. <laughs> no context. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we might be... I'm a little too... Uh, I'm still a little too strong on Griff's side. Oi, 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 oi. All right, guys. Sorry. This I know this is super no, boring. What's the topic today, Tasha? Um, dating. It's always dating. Don't apologize something to like them. that. Um, well, because I'm just, I'm not even talking. We're not even like talking. I'm sorry. I'm broken. so boring. Uh, <laughs> when is this episode coming out? If anybody wants Tuesday. to listen to the last half of it. Uh, Tuesday, this episode there is coming is out. Somebody that definitely reached out to me from hearing me last time that's really excited about this one. Oh, yeah? Oh, you yeah. You guys have legit fans. Yeah, we got some, we got some pretty awesome listeners. Say that again when we're actually... Uh, <laughs> we do. No, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's all a percentage. If you have... If you have X amount of listeners, you'll have X percentage that love you. Some that, you know, if you show up, they'll listen. But Hello. Um, Do you guys have any questions you want us to address on the podcast today? You can ask them because I can see comments. Is this one of is this a one of broadcast? Are you guys up to doing a series? Yeah, we've got how many? 260-something up past episodes. 267. 267 episodes on iTunes. Ask them so, what type of phone they have. What kind of phone do you have? Um, you just got to go to iTunes and hit subscribe. I know. I'll shut this off as soon as well, we I'm, really start recording. I'm going to move this too. Maybe that. Um, but yeah, so listen to our past episodes. Uh, let so us long. know what you like, what you don't like. Guys, I'm, uh, it's going to be a few minutes. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm All right, well, since it's going to be phone. a few so, minutes, then Griff and I will just talk. Yeah, we'll chat and answer any yeah, questions let's see if people we can get have. Um, All right, so last time, I can't even remember. Okay, last time you were on the podcast, we talked about, uh, there's, we're not going to put us both in this thing. 
<laughs> all, all, all man the There's video. a person here so, just, be- <laughs> just believe in science. <laughs> we talked about you getting robbed in Mexico City, right? That was fun. And like food poisoning too. What else happened? Did, what, that, that was weekend, like a whole... That weekend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Give us the short recap for anybody who didn't I'll hear that episode you, so I'll they know a little another, bit about you. I'll tell you. Actually, I think I even had a worse day this Thursday. I will tell you... Uh, you got to save that. <laughs> well, then just give us the recap. I from... should probably tell this Don't off, burn it. off of. I'll tell you guys after the podcast is over. I had a worse day on uh, Thursday, actually. Um, <clears throat> a recap on that day was uh, I just on a show headline, been paid cash, feeling like a million bucks. And then we were walking home out of nowhere. Two guys jumped out of the bushes at gunpoint, robbed my friend and I. And, and that's from Mexico because our friend. Our friend Miguel says hello from Mexico. Yeah, there's a Mexico City. And, <laughs> Tell Miguel and, 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 and Miguel, you know it's the, the Wild West down there. You go to the wrong parts of town. You go to, you go to, uh, uh, oh, what state is that up north, just like south of like Arizona? Um, Texas? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the, when I say state, I mean the state of Mexico. In Mexico. Okay. In Mexico. BCS? Miguel, you, mm, uh, it's, it's next to Tijuana. One Guadalajara? Over. No. I don't know. All I know is uh, Baja, California, sir, because that's vacation land. And anyway, it's it, you go to the wrong places. If you look super white, you're, you're a target. So, yeah. And I got food poisoned that weekend. All kinds of fun things. Uh, it was just a long story. But you ended up, like, how were you even coherent when someone put you back on a flight? What was that? I, I'm trying to remember this story. I know I was, like, laughing my ass off. I got robbed, and I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. I'll try to fast-track this story. This fucking sucks. I almost got killed at gunpoint, so they stole my keys, my passport, my wallet, my phone, everything. everything. So you didn't even have, like, documents to get I back on the plane. I couldn't even get back home, so I'm like, oh, fuck. So next morning, wake up. Hung over, and we go to the U.S. Embassy, and that place makes the DMV look like Disneyland. <laughs> Fuck that place. We go in there, and I go, hey, I got my passport stolen. I tell the guy. And I thought it was a pretty objective process. Like, okay, your passport's gone. We're going to replace it with an emergency pa-. No, 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 no. They looked at me like, uh, you're probably some drunk frat guy that lost it at a bar. Fuck you. They give me. I'm like, oh, no, they're not going to. And he goes, sorry, sir. We just, and I realize he's, he's starting to tell me no. And I'm like, what, what do you fuck? mean, no? Yeah, what am can, I going to stay here de- forever? I know. They can deny you. And I, and, and I realize it, it's kind of like a girl to tra- you know, getting pulled over. I realized, like, I, I'm going to have to get on my cry pants. And I, was, <laughs> I, I did. I had to get on some theatrics. And I was like, I, I have to leave Sunday. It's Friday. I just I can't stay here. My flight's on Sunday. I really need to get out of here. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll calm down. Calm down. Calm down. What, your flight's okay. We need to get some information from your airline. I was like, it's in Valaris. He's like, okay, call and get your flight number. I call from their number. I call this company, Valaris, and they go, hi, uh, we need to get the credit card number for the flight. Oh, oh, my, my friend bought it for me. Okay, well, we're going to need to get it from him. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, fuck, let me get my email. They have a computer in their office. Let me get them email. And of course, the computer says, we don't recognize this computer, so we'll need to text you to verify. Oh, I'm like, I no. don't fucking have my phone. Are you kidding me? So I can't even get on their computer. Finally, I log into Facebook, and I'm like trying to get a hold of Dan. I can't get a hold of this Dan guy. So I'm like, fuck. I reached down to my buddy Pablo, who's down at the Starbucks waiting. I'm like, Pablo, I need you to call him immediately after like an hour of deliberating. We finally get a hold of Dan. He sends it to me. I get an emergency passport last minute. And I'm like, I'm emotionally 
almost can't handle today. This is too <laughs> much for me. Anyway, my buddy Dan, the whole thing was we were supposed to go to this resort for his birthday. And he, he had already left with all of his friends. And I was like, well, uh, Dan, sorry I couldn't make it. He's like, no, 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 you're coming. Well, you guys already left. How am I going to get there? Don't worry. My buddy Juan will take you. He's leaving, getting ready to come up here. He's got all the food and everything. Okay. It's a four-hour drive to get there. I get in with Juan. Hour in, we get a flat tire. I'm like, I think God hates me. <laughs> Hour and a half later, second flat tire. I'm like, yeah, God, it's, it, God hates me. That's, I don't know what I did. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm, once again, I'm drained. So we have to drive in a flat tire to get there on cobblestone roads. We get there to the resort. Oh, thank you. Finally, I can relax. And about, I don't know, 15 minutes in, power goes out. I'm like, are you fucking sick? Can I just enjoy myself for five minutes? <laughs> I'm drained. I need to nap. There's like 100 people at this party, at this house, at this resort. They've airbnb I'm like, I just want to get some sleep. I'm exhausted. And nobody wants to go to bed, right? And there's only a couple beds, and there's 100. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to sleep. Only place I can sleep is the couch in the middle of the living room while everyone parties. Because <laughs> Mexicans love to party. So I'm like, uh, I'm trying to sleep. This is killing me. Six in the morning rolls around. Finally, everyone goes to bed. Okay, I can sleep. I can sleep in this couch. We can go to bed, okay? I can just, you know, reset my brain. Of fucking course, there's a chicken farm next door. Of course there's a chicken farm next door. Why wouldn't there be a chicken farm? And why wouldn't there be roosters next door? So I don't sleep at all. I'm psychotically angry the entire next day. Finally, a bunch of people leave and go back to Mexico City. I'm like, oh, I got my own bed. Oh, my God. Okay, that's all I need. I just need a bed and some sleep. I'll be all right. So we eat dinner, a little barbecue. I go to bed. 30 minutes into sleeping, my stomach starts feeling a rumble, and I'm like, oh, no, that's I don't like that feeling. Montezuma's like revenge. Oh, no. I didn't drink any of the water. I know better. But, oh, I know. Uh-oh. Oh, God. And this is going to get a little dirty, but it's necessary. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I run to the bathroom, and I know that feeling. Just everything had turned a liquid fire. Just, oh, my God. Oh, Jesus, right? And I'm like, fuck, this is terrible. I've got just food poisoning diarrhea. And I'm like, this is awful, right? And it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to go clean myself up. I look around the bathroom for 10 minutes. Of course there's no toilet paper. This is awful. I have to shower to clean myself up. <laughs> so I go back to bed. I'm like, I want to sleep. Nope, every 30 minute, on 30 minute intervals, my stomach says, fuck you, Griff. We're going to go to the bathroom, and we're going to have to go to the bathroom. It's nature's diet. We're going to go explode in the bathroom, and then shit. Every 30 minutes that whole night, I had to explode in the bathroom and shower every 30 minutes. <laughs> so I didn't sleep again. I'm about to murder someone. Finally, I get a ride back to the airport, which is a hassle asking everybody. And I get to the airport, and I'm like checking in, and they're like, we need your immigration form for when you came in. I was like, oh, I got robbed. I don't have anything. That's another thing they took. I don't, I don't have anything. They're like, well, you're going to have to get a new one downstairs. They close in five minutes. I'm like, Jesus. I have to race down to this place where they have the immigration forms. It closes in five minutes. So I have to race there. However, I still got this kind of situation going on. So I start to sprint. I'm like, oh, I'm about to shit in my pants. So I have to walk, (laughs) sprint, walk, sprint. People in Mexico are walking. They're they're like, what is wrong with this guy? (laughs) This guy has some kind of disease. I'm walking. and It's crazy. I get down there. And I go, oh, I need an immigration form. They go, it's going to be 50 pesos. Oh, I don't have money. I, I got robbed. I, go, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. That's your problem. And I about started crying again. This sweet little Mexican grandma gave me the money. I go back to get in my, uh, on my flight, and they had changed the terminal, or they had changed the gate without telling me. Barely make the flight. Get on my flight. Get home. And then I'm like, oh, this is fun. 
how the fuck am I going to get home? I don't have cash for a cab. I don't have a phone to get an Uber. How the fuck am I going to get home? I had to beg some people and take a bus home. I took a bus home. I got home. I'm like, okay, I can sleep in my bed. I can enjoy myself. And there is a bill waiting on my bed from earlier in the month. I jokingly, and context here for anyone listening, this is before Trump was taken seriously. This was two years ago. I was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. It was funny. It was funny, and it was ironic. No one took him seriously. It was ironic. Of course, I'm in Silver Lake where I was like, hipsters will get it. I'm in a bar on my birthday two years ago, and I'm wearing this hat. Guy comes out of nowhere. He assaults me and breaks my nose and goes to jail, right? And I had to pay a two... I get home from Mexico. There's a bill waiting on my bed for two grand. It's on me <laughs> from going to the ER. I mean, just just the cherry on the whipped cream. <laughs> and I had a day Thursday that was worse than that. <laughs> All right. right. So we're going to hear about this day on Thursday on the podcast right now. So if you guys want to check streaming. out the well, episode, it's going to be available the- on Tuesday. And we're live streaming now where? We're, we're live streaming on YouTube. On YouTube. Just search Dave Neal, N-E-A-L, and you'll find the uh, live stream link. We have a couple Dave, of people listening. D-A-V-E-N-E-A-L, Dave Neal, yeah, on, on YouTube. We're there right now. We're going to start our episode. All right. So I'm getting off the Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Oh, hi, Doheny Photo. I miss you, and I want to see you soon. I keep you know, yeah, following has, all this he stuff. He does great work. I know. He's He was like at the art walk last week, and he's doing interactive. Here. No one makes Tasha's butt look as good as Doheny Photo. You're a Matt. No? Is that... Do I have the wrong photographer? <laughs> Maybe. Have you ever taken a picture of my butt? Either way. <laughs> who, ha- who hasn't at this point, right, Tasha? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to hear a meow? Well, go to uh, YouTube and you can watch the episode on the stream right now or you can listen on Tuesday. Pre-show, All right, guys. Pre-show's over. Bye. Hold on. Let me end it. I don't know how to end it. End live video. Bye. I can hear your Kentucky accent come out every now and then. Just get your, <laughs> phone, get your phone out of there. A it's word slides in. Now that's done.